This is Packer and Durham on ACCN and Sirius XM Channel 371. All right, uh, we had fun talking uh, a little baseball in hour one, a little lacrosse in hour one, a little tennis in hour one. Now we're going to switch gears. We just gave you the hype for uh, BC and North Carolina, which should be great. Number one versus number two on the women's side for an ACC title coming up on Saturday night here on ACC Network. But we have had some remarkable regular season showdowns in which you just went, man, taking it to another level. And this is where we're going to go with you. And you can call in, have some fun with this topic at 844-SAY-ACCN. Regular season matchups, regardless of sport in the history of the ACC. Anisha, I've got four or five off the top of my head that I just jotted down yesterday. And I'm just going to say this before we go forward on this topic. We've had so many in basketball mm-hmm. that I can't name them all. We've had dozens upon dozens. However, in hoops, we have a thing called March Madness. So even though you get the great matchups, and we could probably just do Duke, North Carolina by itself, and you can give me a 10 of them, easy, right? We've had awesome ones in that department. But you also knew that hey, there's March Madness, and they're both getting in, regardless of who wins an ACC tournament, et cetera. They're both getting in. I think football sometimes lends itself to bigger deals yeah. in regular season showdowns, in my opinion. Because you don't get that situation, whether it be the BCS or the college football playoff. You know, normally it's the winner of that game eliminates the other guy, and they go off to the races. Does that make any sense? It does. Although I would say, uh, yeah, recency bias at play here. Obviously, Carolina Duke, Cameron Indoor, Coach K's last game. Yeah, high stakes for that one. You know, for we a lot knew of both teams reasons. were going to get in, but shoot. Um, yeah, everybody in the building wanted to see Coach K go out with the W. They had the ceremony planned at the end, and uh, Carolina decided to, uh, you know, ruin the party. Ruin the party, and they did not only once but twice. Twice. Uh, but I tell you, wherever you want to go on this one, you can. You can call in. You can send in a tweet. Whatever you want to do on that. Again, numbers eight four four say ACCN. Um, but I, I'm going to give you four, and I could have given you five. In fact, I should have given you five on this. But I'm going to go back to my days in college. Okay. Because in the early 80s, 1981. But you were going to go back to 1965, no? No, 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 no. I was making more horrible decisions in 65 (laughs) as opposed to 81 as opposed to this morning. Uh, But 81, in my opinion, was the first time you got a dose of ACC football where the nation was paying attention to an afternoon. And this time it was Clemson in North Carolina. Uh, an incredible football game at Keenan Stadium. 10-8, your final. Uh, William Refrigerator Perry, and this was the ultimate showdown. Both top 10, all that great stuff. Homer Jordan? Oh, well, yeah, you got it. And so here was the deal. Clemson ends up winning a thriller. And, you know, Dick Crum had great teams in the 80s. Bobby Ross, Maryland mm-hmm. teams in the early 80s. Awesome. Danny Ford, a bunch of people, uh, okay. doing his thing yes. in Tigertown. But Clemson wins the game in Chapel Hill, 10-8. They go on to win the national championship, mm-hmm. knocking off Nebraska in the Orange Bowl. That, to me, was the one game that immediately pops in my head in terms of my youth, if you will, where you went, wow, the whole country paid attention to the showdown. And it was ACC football. In the world of basketball, 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 that was the deal. Where that was a loser leap town match. And pre-playoff, right? Those games, right. hey, you lose, you're out of the picture. You're done. You're done. 
Catch you later. Now, there are others. Now, I, I fast forward, and again, I had football on the brain on this topic. Now, you can answer this question however you want, but I've got football on the brain. Uh, I fast forwarded to about another decade, and again, the nation was paying attention. That's kind of where I was drawing, drawing the line with, you know, how important are your regular season matchups, the ultimate showdowns? And this time, I'm going to take you to Charlottesville, Virginia. And George Welsh started to build a monster at the University of Virginia. And he had the Who's number one in the country. And then walked again, Bobby Ross. Here was a guy Georgia that built a Tech. great team at Maryland. And he went to Georgia Tech. That is the thing. And so you had this ultimate showdown game in 1990 in Charlottesville between Georgia Tech and Virginia. And it was a great football game. And if I remember correctly, that was, you know, Virginia was sitting there at number one and then just right. kind of tanked right the rest of the season Took that was sort of the beginning of the end for them georgia tech ripped their heart out and lo and behold scott Sisson makes the field goal they went on the road partying like rock stars and lo and behold georgia tech then goes on yeah. to win a national title they ended up splitting it with colorado so those one i'm talking those are the kind of games i'm talking about where hey you circled the calendar huge showdown Top five, top ten matchups, and the winner goes on to greatness. The loser sits back and goes, woulda, coulda, shoulda. North Carolina felt that way when they lost to Clemson in 81, and certainly Virginia felt that way when they lost to Georgia Tech in 1990. Virginia was 7-0 and going into that game. They lose to Georgia Tech on the field goal. Yep. Come back, beat North Carolina the next week, and then lose their final three. So they finish 8-4. and So they were essentially 7-0 and going into that game lost four of their last five beginning with the Georgia Tech game. Yeah, and I'm not sure, had they won the game, I'm not sure they lose one. I just thought they were so much like, hey, all in, let's go. Winner, it's a loser leave town match. And it just felt that way. And again, lo and behold, Georgia Tech takes it, runs, and takes care of business and wins the national title. 07, BC, Virginia Tech. That, that's one I was going to add, and I should have. If I was going to give you five, that's the one I would have thrown in there. Because that kind of felt like the same deal, right? Lane Stadium, rocking. Here comes Matt Ryan doing his thing with BC, throwing it all over the yard. The Hokies, that great defense. Frank Beamer has a great run in the early part of the century. Uh, rainy night in Blacksburg, tough physical game. You just kind of expected that in Blacksburg. And that game kind of felt like the same deal, right? That was a loser-leave-town match, high stakes, big time. Yeah, that's one that jumps out to me, the – yeah, the two you brought up are great. You know, on the basketball front, there have been, as you said, so many. But I still keep coming back to to Duke Carolina this season because the you know, they've had big games. You know, you think of the Capel shot, right, yeah. and all that stuff. And uh, Austin Rivers did it a few years ago. But Coach K's final season, the pomp, the circumstance, everything that surrounded that game, and uh, let's face it, Duke had beat North Carolina pretty good in Chapel Hill, you know, what, a, a week or two before. So when you factor all that stuff in and Carolina ends up winning the game um, and to spoil that party on that night, which I don't think a lot of us saw coming, I don't think a lot of us saw Carolina at that point in the season getting to where they eventually get right. got to. Right. Well, when North Carolina won the game in Chapel and won the game in, in Cameron, to finish off the regular season. I don't think there were many people thinking, hey, don't worry about it. They're going to hook up again one more time. You're like, yeah, please, man. Four. We I mean, played 257 on. times in this great series, and we've never seen him play in the NCAA tournament. You think we're going to see that again? We did. 
we saw at the ultimate level in the uh, NCAA semifinals. But th- that one, you I think you could throw into the mix. Now, I got two more. I'm just going to go through real quick uh, that were this last decade. Uh, this next one was Florida State and Clemson in Death Valley, ironically, on my birthday in October. Both teams in the top five. Knowles were great. Clemson mm-hmm. was in the top five. The showdown was crazy. And Jameis Winston, the boys, came in there and said, guess what, man? This is men against boys. And they punished Clemson that night. I mean, they beat them sideways. And you know what? They made a, they made an exclamation point with a total beatdown, 51-14. And by the way, that game wasn't at close either. I mean, as ugly as that score was. Florida State goes on to win the national title. They go out to the Rose Bowl, the last BCS national title game. They beat Auburn in a thriller. But that game kind of felt with the pomp and circumstance, the hype, the crowd, everything else. Florida State came in and rocked their world, man. They did that to a lot of teams in 2013. They were great. Florida State that year, one of the most dominant teams in the regular season that we've seen, really, except for I think there was maybe one regular season game. And then the championship against Auburn, everything else was a blowout that season. They were great. Um, following year, though, I remember 2014, that was really the Florida State-Clemson game where the Clemson window truly opened up. Remember Cole Stout started that game? Florida State ends up winning, but you saw Deshaun Watson come off the bench, and then all of a sudden he's the starter next week, and we kind of saw what happened, and we saw what that opened up for the Clemson Tigers over the next few years. But that Florida State team in 2013 was no joke. Now, they were awesome, big time. But they made a statement that night, made a statement for the rest of the year. There's one more game I'm going to throw in this list, and I I think it was the hype given the star power, kind of like what we just talked about with North Carolina and BC and lacrosse, women's lacrosse, the star power, I mean, the best of the best. Uh, But when Lamar Jackson in Louisville rolled into Death Valley in 2016, and here's Deshaun Watson, Uh, Same vibe, same incredible atmosphere. Uh, The back and forth of this game, Clemson jumps Louisville early. Louisville says, okay, cool, second half. Here comes Lamar Jackson putting on a show. And then they said, all right, Clemson, what do you got? You're in deep trouble uh, at your place. How are you going to respond? And guess what? Number four did. And Clemson goes on. And not only wins the game in dramatic fashion in a great football game, but then goes on to win the national title. Win the national title. Yeah, that that was a showcase too because you look back and, and again – What's fun having the benefit of hindsight? You go back six, seven years to some of these games, and you're, wow, he's playing. You know, look what he turned into. Look what he turned into. Look what you know, Lamar Jackson is doing in the NFL, right? He's got an MVP award. You know, Deshaun Watson, legal stuff aside, you know, has carved out a pretty good career on the field. So it's it's kind of interesting. And then all the, you know, I think James Skowski may have played in that game. I don't know. <laughs> he's around for a while. Yeah, he was a, a sophomore back yeah. then, yeah, I think. But, but it was such a great football game. But those were just five off the top of my head. I know they were all football-related. And we'll put the, you know, tag you're it for anybody watching or listening right now. You can call in and have some fun with that topic at 844-SAY-ACCN. Again, you can send in a tweet, a text, whatever you want to do with all that stuff. Call into the program. But those were just five off the top of my head. 81, Clemson, North Carolina. 90, Georgia Tech, Virginia. 07, Virginia Tech and BC. Uh, 13, Clemson, Florida State. And 16, Louisville, Clemson. Those are just five off the top of my head. They were like, man, ultimate regular regular season showdowns that the winner went on to greatness and the rest is history. There you go. Fun. We're going to have one on Saturday in lacrosse, Duke-Notre Dame, regular season showdown. We talked about it. High stakes. Two teams that can win a national championship. Loser won't make the NCAA tournament. That's 
about as high stakes as it gets. That's how it goes, man. Come back. We got more on this topic later in the show. We'll take phone calls too with all that good stuff. But when we return, better or worse, we go to the smart people in Bristol. They'll try to help us out on this deal. 844-SAY-ACCN, the number for the program. Niche filled in for Wes. It's Packer and Durham on ACC Network. The Packer and Durham Podcast. This is the Packer and Durham Podcast. Packer and Durham, without Durham. Anish Roth filling in today, part of the Syracuse takeover this week. Drew Carter yesterday, Anish today. The orange pom-poms are everywhere. Uh, 844-SAY-ACCN is the number for the program. All right, it's time for us to go up to uh, Bristol, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. Is that right? We going to Bristol in this? Is it, uh, is it snowing up there? Or, or is the weather? Yeah, uh, there's no telling. Heat it up. We're, we're getting ready to find out. So l- l- let's go to Bristol. Can we go to Bristol? Uh, there it is. There he is, Mr. Happy today, because the Suns won last night. The D-backs won last night. So guess what? Drew Brooks is all fired up. I am all fired up, and it is all sunshine today, Anish. Uh, Suns looking great yesterday. Can't wait for the NBA Finals. I'm I'm glad they flipped the switch up there for you. Well, you you held Luca under 50 last night. That was good. That was a, that was a start. Yeah, you know, basketball is a team game, so uh, as long as the team wins, I, I don't really care. Uh, by the way, are you and Casey going to be okay? Because I know Casey loves the Mavs, and we know about your Phoenix uh, loving sons up there. Um, are you two going to be able to get along? So, I mean, I'm going to be fine because the Suns are going to win in four or five games. Like, we might have to give Casey a week off after that. But, you know, we should ask her uh, because I I know I'm going to be fine. I just want to make sure that the, uh, you know, the morale is good in Bristol because you are part of the smart people up there. Without you guys, there is no show. There's no show. Yeah. I got nothing. I got, I got, I got nothing. Let's do over under. Uh, and the impetus of this is we have a couple of rematches in lacrosse this weekend uh, as we break the studio. Uh, so we want to know, basically, we're going to set the over under, but we want to know if the performance is going to be better or worse than the last time that these uh, matchups happened. Ooh. So we're going to start with North Carolina. Last time North Carolina and Boston College played, UNC scored 16 goals. Over under 15 and a half goals for North Carolina on Saturday against Boston College. Niche. Under. Under. Higher Why? stakes. Why? Pressure. Defense will be locked in a little bit more. Yeah, I think it's going to be under. You got scouting reports now. You played him once. Yeah, we had Taylor Moreno on the show yesterday. We're going to play that for you coming up here this hour, so in case you missed it. Um, she talked about, you know, they're also going to get a week off before they play. Right, that's the other thing to keep in mind. All right, you go, you go Friday, you go Sunday, and now everybody gets a week off until you play Saturday. Uh, I, to me, that may be good. You got number one, number two. Everybody gets their legs under them. I know we got exams going on. That's a little different animal too. So you're going to go under on this. I, you know, I just think maybe championship caliber game. You're, you're probably right. It'd be a little tight. Everybody's a little nervous figuring this thing out. But man, there's so many great goal scorers on both sides. Yeah, they they do, but there's also some pretty good defensive players. And again, you've played them once already this season. Uh, I'll hedge under. All right, Anish is the expert here. He's going under, so that probably is a safe bet there, Brooks. What else we got? 
Oh, I don't gamble. We're just asking oh, questions. Yeah. Oh, yeah, okay. Purely for entertainment purposes. Right. Uh, purely for entertainment purposes. On the men's side, the last time Duke played Notre Dame, they had four players have hat tricks. Four players. Over under three players will have hat tricks against Notre Dame this weekend. Under. Uh, Notre Dame's goalie has been out of sight, out of mind during this win streak for the Irish. They've won five in a row now. You're not putting up a dozen goals on Liam Entman. This, I think, will be a lower-scoring game. Um, you know, 12, 13 goals may win it, um, which is not a ton in today's game. But three hat-tricks, I mean, that's yeah, – I mean, here's the problem. Like, Brennan O'Neill for Duke, if he goes off, he could score six goals. This kid was – the LeBron James of lacrosse coming out of high school, and he somehow exceeded the hype. Uh, Pat Kavanaugh's coming off a nine-point game for Notre Dame, but I know we're talking about Duke here. So, yeah, that, that, under on the, the three hat tricks. I don't see it. All right, I'm going to excuse Brooks here for a second. More goals in North Carolina, B.C. or Duke, Notre Dame? North Carolina, B.C. will have more. The women will score oh, more. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. I'm going to mark the tape on that, boys. Next time Anisha's back, we'll see if he's right about all this. Run that tape, yeah. Huh? You, could, you could book that. Book, book it. it? Book it, yes. Really? The, Absolutely. Like the you're final you're that for... sure? Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I think Duke-Notre Dame is going to be physical. It's going to be competitive. It'll be close. But, you know, 13-11, 13-12, I think would be kind of the, the, the max. It wouldn't even surprise me if it is a lower-scoring game just because – yeah, both teams have excellent goalies. Excellent goalies. Mike Adler for Duke, Lee Mentiman for Notre Dame. They're both playing really well. Um, defensively, Notre Dame is really good, really sound. Duke defensively has gotten better as the season has worn along. They played really well in the second half against North Carolina. I, I yeah, I, I anticipate it to be a fast but low-scoring game. You know what? The fact that you were able to answer that in two minutes gives Brooks plenty of time. <laughs> to find out if there's an actual line in Vegas that he can place a bet on that. Hey, lax Vegas lines. It's a, it's an actual thing. <laughs> I don't, I don't gamble. I don't, oh I'm not a God. gambler. I don't know why I've Pax heard said everything that. today. What Did else you know, got? though, that the last time both of these matchups happened, the final scores were 16 to 15? Does oh. that influence your uh, guaranteed lock, Anish? Uh, it does not influence me at all. Thank you, Andrew. Okay, uh, moving on. Charlotte North, uh, last time she played North Carolina, scored four goals mm-hmm. over under four for Charlotte on Saturday. You, you know, I, I think you got to go higher. You know why? Because she was relatively quiet in South Bend. I mean, for her standard, yep. I mean, I mean, Cassidy Weeks went crazy, right? I mean, we have all the kinds of different goal scores across the board for everybody here for all these different teams, but. No, Jamie Ortega had her scoring streak snapped at 50 straight games, did not score in the Notre Dame game. Uh, Charlotte North, kind of quiet for her. And when you see great players have one of those games, normally they bounce back with one of those wow moments. Yeah, Charlotte North can score seven, eight goals just by waking up in the morning. So her scoring four, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at her stat sheet. She scored five against Notre Dame this year. Seven against Virginia Tech, five against Brown, six against Virginia, seven against UMass, seven against Northwestern. Yeah, I, I'm going to say with a championship, an ACC championship on the line. Go time. Yeah, let's go. Yeah, I'm with you on that one. I, I would agree with that. What else we got, Brooks? 
All right, we got some brothers at uh, Notre Dame who scored five goals against Duke the last time mm. they played. Over under four and a half for Chris and Pat Kavanaugh against Duke this weekend. Who set that line? That's really good, four and a half. Like, who do you think set the line? Mr. Vegas up there, Drew Brooks. That's who said. I don't gamble. Yeah, I don't gamble. I don't gamble. Um, (laughs) Boy, this is actually really good. Four and a half is kind of where I would have it. Um, I'll say over. Yeah, you know what? No, I'm going to say under. Wait a minute. I'm going to say under. Wait a minute. What happened there? The split second, you just went fake left, go right on. Yeah, fake left, go right. I was thinking thinking initially over, but I'm going to say under because both guys also have the ability to facilitate. And the guy who has been the the biggest beneficiary of Pat and Chris Kavanaugh has been Jake Taylor. He's not the catcher from Major League. You know, that was uh, Tom Berenger's that was character, good. right? Yeah, that was, that was good. a great one. You know, remember? Yeah. So, not that Jake Taylor. Jake Taylor's the third attackman. He's, he's what they call a crease guy. He plays off ball. He's the guy that doesn't have the ball in his cross a whole lot. He'll move off ball, and he'll get open, and the Kavanaugh brothers both find him. And both Kavanaugh brothers are really good feeders. So I think Jake Taylor will have a big game. I could see Eric Dobson knocking in a few from the outside. Wheaton Jackaboyce as well. I think Kavanaugh and Kavanaugh might be more facilitators. I think they could maybe get three goals total. Wouldn't surprise me if they have four or five assists combined. But I I think they're going to be more facilitators than scorers in this game. I, I want all of these marked. For next week, all right, because we run got it back, run I, I it do, back, because you are the you are the servant when it comes to lacrosse. Until I'm wrong, then, then no, 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 then no, let's burn the tape. No, 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 because I want all of these marked for next week, and we need to keep a score on this because you've been very adamant on some of these, like oh, guarantees. And when I hear that from folks that really do know the sport, and you do, you know, I, I like to sit back and listen. I mean, there, there's stuff I don't know. All right, I'm going to learn something here. And you've and again, these are two marquee, big time games. One on the men's side, one on the women's side, and and these are specific questions that you have just absolutely went. Here's the answer. Go with it. So I want all of these marked for next week. Well, the first one, 16 and a half on goals, was kind of easy. I mean, uh, uh, see, that's to, what I'm saying. When, hard I to get there. That was easy. Like, oh, come Drew on, did right. a much better job of setting the line. You know, the Kavanaugh four and a half goals. That was that was good because that's. You know, Pat Kavanaugh is averaging, uh, I think, what, five, six points a game. Uh, he can score. He can facilitate, depending on how you play him. So that was, that was a good number. You know, that was a good Vegas line there. All right. Do we have another one, Brooks? We have one more. I would also like the record to show that uh, the student athletes set these numbers. We literally took the Ooh. numbers from the last time these games played and just ask you if they're going to be better or worse. Okay. Uh, so Chris so, and Pat so you set cheated. that number. Well, I don't know if we cheated. We just used the information that was given to us uh, and then made a question uh, about that. Speaking of that, our very last question. Did you know that the Tar Heel defense held Boston College scoreless for a span of 21 minutes and five seconds in the last matchup. Taylor Moreno gave up 15 goals, but she had six saves against Boston College over under six saves on Saturday in the championship game. Over. Over. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, she's probably the best goalie in the country. Um, Yeah, let's go over. I'm going to go over on six saves. All right, I've I've got a question before we uh, put an end to this segment, Brooks. This is for you, kind of a role reversal. What did we ask? Did we ask five questions in that segment? Is that right? We asked uh, five questions. Five questions. 
The over and under is three on how many Anish will get right. Over. Ooh, over, over. Wow, from over. the top rope. Over. Over. Fame, Fame I love the confidence. And the I reason the why confidence. we're doing that is yes. uh, on-air production meeting. We're going to have Anish on Monday if he's uh, available. Uh, and we'll mark the tape. We'll look back and we'll recap not only this, but the uh, selection show as right. well. I, I want, you know, you're going to bring me back just to pay debts, huh? Yeah, we're going to have a whole segment with you on Monday. We'll see about, how you right. do. Yeah, again, five questions. You're the expert. Uh, you were adamant on every single one of them. So the over and under, we're setting at three with a niche. You go over or under on that deal. We'll see where that goes. Over. Go over. over. Definitely over. Load it up. Yeah. All right. Great job by the smart people back in Bristol. Uh, when we return, uh, if in case you missed uh, Taylor Moreno, she's great. Uh, again, not only is a goalie, but also a great interview. Always fun to talk to her. If you missed it yesterday, no problem. You're going to get a chance to check it out. Coming up next, Anish filled in for Wes. It's Packer and Durham. You guys right here on the ACC Network. Packer and Durham. Here's Mark Packer and Wes Durham. Packer and Durham. It is a Tuesday. By the way, your lucky number today is 620. 620. All right, 844-SAY-ACCM. We'll get back to uh, ultimate showdowns in the regular season. Uh, but yesterday, Taylor Moreno joined us, and uh, she's always a joy to talk to. An incredibly talented lady. Uh, just incredible, right? Six years now at North Carolina. She'll be front and center trying to stop Charlotte North on Saturday night, BC, North Carolina, the ultimate showdown. But we started the conversation talking about the tough start. Heels are down five zip to Notre Dame. Here's what she had to say. This was kind of a test to our abilities to adapt on both ends of the field. Um, Notre Dame was doing a great job winning the draw and they were just shooting really, really well. Um, they were testing us defensively and I think it really challenged us to kind of see if we could adapt and adjust to what they were doing. Um, and I think once we finally got our ball on the offensive end and our attackers finally were starting to see the cage a little bit better, I think that was when we kind of started to kind of ground ourselves a little bit more. But um, kudos to Notre Dame. They came out really, really hard um, and they definitely tested us yesterday. Well, Taylor, this year you guys have basically clobbered everyone you've played until this game when you're down 5-zip. For you, I mean, you're a veteran goalie. I know the goalie is such a big role in setting the tone for the team's attitude. What was your message to the to the group when you're down 5-0 to say, hey, we still got this? Yeah, I think one of the things our team does really well is we continue to instill confidence in one another, whether it's you know going down 5-1 or being up 5-1. Um, we're always talking to each other and making sure that we're on the same page. We're communicating with one another. And I think that's a testament to our team culture and how much chemistry we've kind of developed over this past year and especially going into preseason. So our coaches also kind of help instill that confidence. Like I know for me, sometimes it's hard to go, you know, five goals against you in the first five minutes of the game and to kind of look to the sideline and have, you know, my coach is throwing me the thumbs up, like, you're fine, you're fine. Um, that definitely helps. And I think especially for the goalie position when it can be so mentally challenging sometimes, especially in those situations, to kind of have that support on the sideline and on the field is something that certainly helps. And I think that's what kind of carried us through that game yesterday. Taylor, you know, it's the other thing, too, is you spot Notre Dame, the, the five-goal lead. And if I would have whispered in your ear, hey, by the way, Jamie Ortega is not going to score today for the first time after 50 games – I never get a sense of panic with you. Your team is so deep and so calculated. It's almost like, okay, 
cool, that's the challenge. Now let's go get it done. I mean, this is a really special group that you're playing for. No, 100%. And I think yesterday was a testament to just how deep we are. I mean, Scotty Rosegrani really stepped up offensively. Um, she's so far had herself a stellar ACC tournament. Um, and I think to have her, you know, making the goals that she was making was kind of hyping us up on the defensive end. We even said going into halftime, I go, you know, you guys on the offensive end scoring goals, like you guys are hyping us up defensively. So um, if we can continue to kind of have those people show up when they, when we need them to, which I think is certainly different from the team that we had last year, we obviously were super strong last year, um, but this year we've definitely had people step up in many different ways. And I think that's certainly what kind of helped carry us, especially through this tournament as a whole. Taylor, so it's number one against number two, and that's not just in the league. I'm talking about in the country. You saw BC earlier. Uh, you obviously won the game, but you, you know what they're all about. It's a great offensive team. You're going to be challenged like nobody's business Saturday night. What went right in the first matchup, and what do you think you're going to see that may be different in the game Saturday? Yeah, I mean, they have uh, stellar offensive power. Obviously, Charlotte North, Jen Medjid, Bell Smith, so – um, it's definitely going to be a challenge for us. I think it's going to test us to be locked in mentally the entire time, um, which obviously BC is never going to go away. They're, they're going to continue to, you know, just do what BC offense does. Um, and obviously our offense is probably going to be challenged as well as they always are. So it'll be a test to see how well we can adapt and adjust as the game goes. Um, obviously there's going to be different swings like we saw in Notre Dame, right? People are going to go on runs and it's just going to be a test to see how well we can kind of handle that pressure um, and obviously handle the environment because we obviously know they send us a nice group of fans down there. So it's usually as much as we'll have home field advantage, they definitely have a good set of fans out there that definitely make it challenging to hear for the most part. I know playing in uh, BC Stadium, you couldn't hear anything. So um, it, it's definitely going to be very Final Four National Championship-esque feel for sure. Taylor, one of the enduring images of the sport recently is Charlotte North standing on the eight meter, winding it. What is it like to stand on the other side of that? Um, I mean, she's just an absolutely ridiculous shooter. Um, it's super difficult to, you know, stand in there eight meters away from her and try to see if you can read it coming off because she obviously shoots it so fast and she does really well at hiding it. Um, so literally kudos to any goalie that can make a save um off of her shot i know me i took one off the head <laughs> which was mm. pretty funny um but yeah she's just an awesome shooter um it really is just kind of having to sit and find the ball as soon as she starts to wind up but she does a really good job of hiding it so um once again it's just going to be a testament to how well we can kind of adjust and um for me i'm gonna have a lot of work cut out for me this week in preparing so um we'll definitely see where it goes Taylor, the first time I hosted this show a couple weeks ago, Jenny Levy was on. She was talking about worker chickens. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and what, Harley days. Worker chicken and Harley days. Yeah. What what is your uh, what's your stance on the worker chicken thing? What do you know about that? Um, it's definitely a wake you up kind of practice. Um, the worker chicken days are kind of, you know, fine-tuning a lot of the things, waking our legs up, um, getting ourselves back out on the field, especially after a day off. Um, and then the Harley days, you're revving the engine, you're getting your butt moving, um, you're working hard. And it's usually one of those days you leave practice and you're like, wow, that was a really hard practice. Our, our RPEs out of 10 are usually around like six, seven or eight. Um, so those are, those are the days where you're kind of like, all right, I just put in a lot of work in one day and one, two hour span. So 
um, that's the kind of work that then is going to carry into um, the practices for the rest of the week and then our games. Uh, an incredibly talented lady. Uh, not only yeah. is she great with the field hockey and lacrosse stuff, I should feel like lacrosse, uh, but I like what she does away from the field, and that is art. She's gotten involved with the NFT. She does cool artwork. I mean, she really is, to me, kind of like the perfect snapshot of what a student athlete's all about. She's taken advantage of the additional years. She loves to play. She's loved the college experience. Uh, and I don't know what she'll do at the next level as far as what her next gig will be. But, man, it's been fun to watch her play. She does the custom sneakers, doesn't right, she? Right, right. Have, right. have you gotten into that? I have not. You need to. I mean, I really haven't. Um, but but she, you know, we talked to her about the NFT thing that she got involved with in November. She said they sold out instantly. Wow. And uh, Which is great. And But she's an artiste. Again, she, we showcased some of her artwork and all that stuff that she's done. And she talked about what she, she you know, it's kind of busy right now with her schedule, but she wants to get more back in all that stuff. But she's she is a really, really cool person to talk to. Yeah, Taylor Marino, her, Jamie Ortega, that whole UNC team, I'm telling you, 17-0. They had a chance last year to be all-time, lost in the semis to BC. That's going to be a fun game this weekend. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. But uh, she's going to have her hands full, though, with uh, our boy rocking and rolling. By the way, you, you get a dose of my man Fuller over there? I was gonna, I, was, I was trying to figure out what that was. Was that Fuller letting one go? You know what that's called? That's called a sulfur biscuit. And I know for folks that are, for folks that are uh, I, watching I just, us or listening to us. Me. I was like, whoa, okay. You know, let me just give you a – I'll take it right. behind the, the scenes a little bit on our show. Uh, stings the nostrils. Yeah, let me just – because I always get a kick out of this oh. because when Wes is hosting with me down here in the basement <laughs> – there are times that we're conducting an interview that I will see tears form in Wes's eyes, and I won't know what's going on. I'll think that I might have said something that makes him very emotional. It's got nothing to do with that. What happens is Brother Fuller, who just Ooh. turned eight years old, uh, will get what I call sulfur biscuits from Captain Ron and Robert in the morning, which are saltine crackers so and fault. peanut butter. It's Robert's fault over here. He brings those bad boys into the house around 5 a.m. The boys come running downstairs. Robert feeds uh, Fuller what I call now sulfur biscuits, which are nothing more than saltine crackers and peanut butter. So what happens during the show sometimes, if you go back and you've archived any of our shows, you will see me over here laughing like crazy out of nowhere because I know that Fuller has just dropped a, an atomic bomb on poor Wes. So during while we're playing that, I looked over at Anish, and I could see Anish kind of tearing up. I'm like, well, it's about that time, about 8.40 every morning, we're good to go on that deal. I, I inhaled that, and, and I, took a, I took a deep breath, and I like, whoa. And I looked down, and, and he's, I mean, he's just chilling. Oh, yeah. You know, hey, let one go. What do you want me to do? I'm a dog. It's love, man. That's love. That's when you know he loves you, when he gives you a little sulfur biscuit love. That's a little hug uh, in the morning. I just woke up. And now you're out. We'll open up the doors and go to break. When we come back, though, Amy Smith, she is the new gymnastics coach at Clemson University. She'll make her debut on the program. Take phone calls to it, 844-SAY-ACCN. It's Packer and Durham, along with Fuller and the sulfur biscuits, right here on ACC Network. The Packer and Durham Podcast. This is the Packer and Durham Podcast. Packer and Durham. Some fresh air. Never hurt anybody. Oh, 844. Thanks for opening the door. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
I, I told that story to somebody the other day. They were like, you know, I said, let me give you a little story. Because somebody and asked me about the dogs. I said, let me tell you a story that nobody really knows about on our show. I said, almost like clockwork, around 8.30 every morning, Fuller drops one on Wes. Literally, almost like clockwork. And I said, poor Wes, being a cat guy, putting up with the dogs. He looks at me like, good God, what, what are you feeding that thing? I'm like, oh, there's some lasagna and some sulfur biscuits. What, what's the problem? He was just letting me know he's down there. <laughs> hey, buddy. Just <laughs> Just saying hi. Uh, I love it. With that said, speaking of just saying hi, uh, making her debut on the show is the new gymnastics coach at Clemson, and that would be Amy Smith, and she joins us from Tigertown. Amy, first of all, uh, good morning, and congratulations on the new gig. Oh, good morning. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you so much. Uh, all right, so listen, you're a UCLA alum, all right? So you got the little beautiful Westwood thing going on. Now you're in Tigertown in the upstate, <laughs> but you do have some ties to the ACC, spending some time in Chapel Hill. So this isn't completely foreign land for you. It is not. I've, I've, I always joke that I've been a gymnastics gypsy and kind of done the tour all over the United States. So incredibly excited to be here. This is a startup operation. So what is the first thing of business? What's the first order of business as you build this thing literally from the ground up? You know, we're, we're, it, it's a very unique situation. The last time a program of a Power Five of this caliber got started at this level was about 20 years ago with Arkansas. So it's incredibly unique, it's incredibly special, and you know, we're, there's some things that we're figuring out along the way as we go, but obviously, you know, recruiting is a lifeline, and, and you start getting that going, and um, figuring out facilities, coaching staff, um, I mean, just, there's so much involved in this, and it's, it's so incredible to start it from the ground up, so it's, it's pretty special. So, Amy, with that said, who do you lean on in terms of, all right, help me out, what, what, what would you suggest? I mean, I know you got softballs taking off down there. John Rittman's done an incredible job in a short period of time. Women's incredible lacrosse job. is getting ready to get started, yeah. which is kind of cool, too. So it's really kind of unique what's happening at Clemson. But who do you lean on as far as would have experience where, okay, great, you get a chance to put your fingerprints on the program literally from the very first day? I mean, all those people that you just that you just talked about there. I mean, obviously, Clemson has done this before and they're doing it at a very high level. So leaning on those coaches to um, kind of hear the ins and outs and, and whatnot and just expedite this process. And then, like I had mentioned, Arkansas being one of the, the last programs to do it at this level. Mark Cook was my coach at UCLA. So I've had, you know, a few phone calls with him and, and picking his brain on, you know, what would you have done differently thinking back back then? And so he's been a great resource for me as well, just in that gymnastics realm. Amy Clemson becomes the fourth ACC team to field a gymnastic squad. So now we have all four under the ACC banner, which has never happened before. There's ACC gymnastics. What does that mean in the big picture for the growth of, of college gymnastics? Oh my gosh. I mean, you know, being at UNC for five years and not being able to have ACC gymnastics and all of a sudden for Clemson to come in last year and say, we're gonna do this. I mean, 
for our sport, it's it's unbelievable, you know, to add another Power Five conference of gymnastics and the product that we have right now and the growth that gymnastics has seen in the last few years, getting that TV time. So to be on ACC Network, like I just get chills talking about it because it's it's going to be absolutely incredible. And, you know, I talked about getting going on recruiting this weekend, um, getting out to a few club gyms here and kind of seeing the lay of the land and just how excited South Carolina is like walking in those gyms and them hearing the coaches, hearing the athletes of just they like squealing, like literally squealing with joy of like, we've got we've got a collegiate gymnastics program in our state now and what that means to them, to gymnastics across the country, to collegiate gymnastics. It's just once again, to add a program of this caliber is incredible. And I, I really hope it, it continues. Amy, given the fact we're coming up on the 50-year anniversary of Title IX, I think we're just seeing the explosion of women's sports. I mean, I just mentioned what John Rittman's done, taking a new program at Clemson in softball. They're already talking, Graham Neff's already talking about adding uh, seats to the stadium and everything else. I know, it right? was packed this weekend. It's so cool. It's crazy, right? <laughs> I mean, so you got that going on. I mean, we've talked about women's lacrosse and field hockey on this show a gazillion times. We have a number one versus number two national matchup for an ACC title. Uh, I mean, almost, I mean, gymnastics in the Southeastern Conference, for example, has exploded. You can't get a ticket. It is amazing, isn't it, just to kind of watch the world. But you got a front row seat here to really start a brand spanking new uh, project with a new sport with a, with a whole mindset that, man, there's so much money, influence, the television exposure, the media outlets. It's really kind of cool what's going on right now. Oh, it's incredible. I mean, do you want to come recruiting with me? Because all of that was awesome. Like, <laughs> I mean, seriously, I just I joke because I, I mean, I get chills listening to that because you're absolutely right. It is it is such an incredible time um, to be a female athlete and just the exposure that our sports are getting now that they haven't gotten in the past. And and it's it's really, really cool. And it's a very, very exciting time to to be a woman in collegiate sports. You know, just to sort of follow up on that, with Clemson joining and now having ACC lacrosse, are you hearing any whispers you know, from other teams with ACC affiliations that, hey, we've seen the success that SEC schools have had? You, you obviously are familiar with what UCLA has done. We want to kind of be a part of this and get in on the ground floor. I haven't heard of other ACC schools, but there is some rumblings of some others. I can't, I, yeah. So hoping, hoping some other schools are gonna add, like I said, you know, I think Clemson doing this really kind of sets the tone. And um, hopefully, hopefully other people will come along because I keep saying it, we've got this incredible product. And until you actually go to a gymnastics meet and see it live, you have no idea how different it is than watching it on TV as opposed to seeing it live. It's a totally different experience. And yeah, I, I really do hope some other schools kind of are taking notice and are like, okay, yeah, we, we might want to do that too. And, and once again, the ACC, I, I, I would love to have more programs added. Just excited to, to get this started um, for next year. So yeah. Amy, help me out on this. You just talked about recruiting. When you go hit the road recruiting what do you look for mm -hmm. because you know i i can maybe roll over and take three minutes to try to get up on my feet so i i've got no experience <laughs> whatsoever when it comes to gymnastics so what do you look for when you look at 
hey, all right, I'm going to hit the road. What what grabs you from an athletic standpoint? I mean, what do you look for from that standpoint? Yeah, you know, I think once again, the unique situation that we have, it's it's finding athletes that get excited about the fact of of coming in and literally that first team making history, you know, and and a student athlete that wants to come in and and put their stamp on this program right from the get go. And that might not be for everybody, you know, and um I personally think it's a very exciting thing. In my career, I I have thrived and loved doing things that have never been done before. So once again, when when this presented itself, this just felt like the absolute perfect fit for me. And and once again, just finding those athletes that it, it excites them just as much as it excites me to go on this journey and, and build this program. Amy, since um, I've got to go home to a four-year-old girl who has just started gymnastics recently. Love um, it. One thing, well, we're, we're definitely going to come to a meet at, at Clemson. We live yes. in Charlotte, so we will be there. I know she'll love to see it, but but give me some advice I can take home to a to a young four year old gymnast who's uh, started tumbling and somersaulting. You know, you gotta love it. You gotta enjoy it, and and realize that you know your attitude and energy in in doing this that sets the tone for everything and the experience that you're gonna have. So that would be my advice. By the way, I know you spent some time in Chapel Hill, but you know you are a long way. From Westwood, all right. It's, it's a whole different universe in the upstate of South Carolina than being out there in La La Land. So, what's that been like making that adjustment? You know, I once again, I I joke about being the gymnastics gypsy. I've lived all over the country, and you know, every place is unique and special and has their things. And so, I mean, in my my short amount of time that I've been in South Carolina, it's, it's, it's absolutely beautiful. And the people here are incredible. So, you know, it's, yeah, every, every place has their thing. And I'm, I'm incredibly excited to be here and, and be in orange and purple. All right. I like the sound of that already. So they taking you to smoking <laughs> pig. Are they breaking you? Max drive in the SO club. You've hit all those already. I you're good to, to go. Yes. I've been to the SO. I can check that one off. All right, good. You got that's it. You're, you're making progress. All right. Before we let you go, yes. we, we've been asking coaches uh, this year, this question, and this may be apropos for you more so than anybody else. What is your ultimate walk-up song for you personally? Well, what's the song to get you moving? Oh my gosh, ultimate walk-up song. I love this. Um I'm I'm a big Prince fan, so probably you got the look. That's okay, that's and I it's like purple, that. right? I like like that. there, there you we go. go. That's it. That works. That works. Well, listen, welcome that was uh, my to my competitive cl- song. <laughs> I, I like that. I don't think about that works. Uh good luck with Max Driving and the Smoking Pig. You'll eventually check those off. Uh, we look forward to many more interviews with you. Congratulations on the new gig, and congrats, man. 23 will be here before you know it. I know. Time's flying. I cannot wait. Thank you guys so much. Really appreciate it, and go Tigers. You got it. There's Thank Andy you, Smith, Andy. new coach, gymnastics, Clemson, South Carolina. I tell you what, it's exciting. I mean, you see it, um, Pac-12, you see it in the SEC. These gymnasiums are packed. Packed. And people watch this stuff on TV. The ratings are, are, are strong. Yeah. I'm telling you, there's going to be schools in the ACC. Once these meets start airing on ACC Network and the ESPN platforms a little more, they, oh, okay, we, we got to get in on this. It, it's going to blow up. Yeah, I you know I know you do lacrosse and you love it. That sport is exploded, no doubt. right? Gymnastics no doubt. exploded. I mean, again, the 50 year anniversary of Title Nine. 
Uh, really, the timing's perfect from that perspective because Lady Sports, right? At softball, unbelievable TV ratings. Can't get a ticket. It's a really cool time, no doubt. And there's the individual aspect in that sport, which I think lends itself to, again, you know, we talk name, image, and likeness. There are some perks for those athletes. Oh, yeah. And you can really capitalize on your stardom as a gymnast these days at the collegiate level. Yeah, 100% right. All right, uh, Power Hour is coming up. High stakes regular season showdowns. We talked about it a little bit earlier this hour. We go heavier. Numbers 844-SAY-ACCN if you want to call and have some fun with it. Anish, he's filling in for Wes. It's Packer and Durham on ACC Network. Packer and Durham.